0: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 5, Episode 7, titled RuPaul Roast. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one hubristic co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Will you please shut the fuck up with your no-drag
1: knowledge now? (laughs) To Taylor, the <laughs> latte boy. <laughs> it tracks. It really does. It tracks. Now you, uh, you know. Now
0: this has become a little game because you're. You will tell me. I and I believe it's honestly that you've guessed which one I would pick. Was that the one you guessed? No. I would. Oh, what? What did you guess? No, it would be? there
1: w- There was I, actually. You know what? Last night, I don't know that I actually picked one. I <laughs> think. Um, I just assumed you were going to pick my my least favorite quote of all time that was in this episode last night.
0: Oh, I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. You know, gay people get to choose their family. Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I so. w- the the one I was going to do initially was. Hello, hello, girl. You look like the black Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> right. But that would um, have been problematic. Why? Oh, guys, everyone needs to know. I was talking to Taylor before the show.
1: Taylor, what did you have lunch today? Oh, come on! <sighs> I had buffalo wings from a place called Salem's. Now I never Salem's. heard of this. Salem's. Euros and subs. They, what do they sell? Euros and subs. Now I'm, you
0: know it's so funny that you say that. I have this out of town guest, Carlo from Germany, and the other day I said a euro. Carlo does this all the time. By the way, we all say something a foreign word. He'll go I don't know what you're talking to go like, "Oh, wait a minute. A Ajita?" And I'm like, "Oh, come on. You know what <laughs> fucking word I was trying to say." He does, he's done that several times already, right? Yeah. And um but yeah, anyway, so so they sell euros and subs and you but you bought hot wings there.
1: I uh, had they had Hot wings and um they have burgers and they have like gizzards and they have clams. Have you ever had, have you ever had gizzards? Like fried clams? No. No, not on purpose. I've never had gizzards. What do you mean not on purpose? Well, okay, because we make a thing here that mm-hmm. I've talked about on my show called Chicken Bog. Yeah, and my ex used to put in like everything when you got the whole chicken fryer, and I think there were gizzards in there that he would like, like, kind of just mush up and everything, and mm-hmm. I was none the wiser, so I ate them without realizing it.
0: Baba Lou is cu- Cuban, correct? He is Cuban. Do the Cubans have any sort of weird, gross food that you're like, I won't eat that?
1: Black beans. Wait, you don't like black beans? No, I do not like black. I don't like any kind of beans. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. In fact, that was a uh, and I'll let you know, that was a point of contention the first time I went down to visit his family mm-hmm. because we had like the beautiful, you know, like the, the pork shoulder and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just put some rice on my plate and his mom like went to put be- like black beans on my and I went, no, thank you. And then she said something to Babalu in Spanish. And then he said something back and then she looked at me and went, no black beans? Like that. So that's become a thing every time I go down there. That's the one place that I will eat black beans is down at my mother-in-law's house because I'm slightly afraid of her.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. I'm with you, actually. As a Mexican, it's very shocking people. I don't like pinto beans. But I do okay. like black beans. So my parents won't eat black beans for the simple reason because they're black. Okay. My, my dad, especially, super into colors. And his food. Like I told you, I think he is on the spectrum. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not being funny, but they are in the other room. So I have to be careful. But I think he's on the spectrum. Okay. And I have both of, of, them? of them? No, no, just my mom, my dad. In fact, today, okay, listen to this. Okay. I'm going to whisper here. Fact, the...
1: I don't know why I'm leaning into the microphone yeah, because I have headphones yeah, on, yeah. but it's okay. Okay.
0: So, to... in fact, I'm going to whisper, but I'm going to turn the gain up a little bit just so I can whisper even less, less softer. So today, um, like we're gonna go to okay, the actual you have this chain in, um, slaughter Corner Market. Is that what it's called? Mm-mm. I might have made up that name, too. <laughs> which is funny. I'm making up My parents make up a name. He called it's... it Country Kitchen.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, but it's not get... called
0: Country Kitchen. And I was like, oh, where are we going? And it was like, I, I think I, I think I even got the name wrong right now. I don't think it's called Corner Market. Cracker um, Barrel. No, 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 no. Anyway, okay. the point is, he doesn't like their bacon because they make it too crisp. Okay. That's the, okay. okay. So then we had to go to McDonald's and buy him two side orders of sausage patties that he could no. take in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he could take in with him to Corner Market, I think it's called. <laughs> it's only old people who just sit at tables, right? And, yeah. Um, and so we had to go do that. So I go, Oh, well, you're going to McDonald's. Get me, because this is what I need. This is the only coffee that doesn't make me sick. Get me a medium sugar-free iced coffee vanilla latte with add to Splenda. And my dad doesn't like talking to like McDonald's people. He like, if he if he has to, he'll like fumble and <laughs> can't talk, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes, you know, since you know what you want, why don't you order at the drive thru? <laughs> so then he pulled forward and I had to order for him because he, he doesn't like talking to people. And I feel that's very autistic. And we have trouble communicating with other people. Okay,
1: but the way that you present your dad on like catching up, and when you Mm -hmm. do the accent, which I love, by the way, why am I whispering? I don't don't understand why. I don't know. But he definitely has an accent. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's self conscious of his accent? No, he doesn't. It's
0: funny you say that because he he called me on my car on the phone. It came through my car, and Carlo was like, "Your dad doesn't have an accent at all. (laughs) Why? Why do you put an accent on him?" And I go, in my head he does. Carlo goes, he has no accent whatsoever. And people have said that before, he has no accent.
1: I just want to meet your parents one day.
0: <laughs> well you can meet them. Carlo wanted to meet them. And um and they, I was like, no, because you know Carlo's twenty-three. Uh-huh. And I know they would be like And there, they know you. Yeah. And they'd be very <laughs> side eye. Okay. So I like they did today. They asked, how
1: "We're old. gonna go up and work on social studies homework." We'll yeah. down in a little bit. <laughs> so today
0: they asked how old he was, and I said he was in his early thirties. And they were like, "Oh, okay." Um, but he doesn't look in his early thirties, and he's not in his early thirties, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: so lied, you you told a lie.
0: I lied, right? Right? But you, okay. you big old queen, you know, <laughs> emphasis on the old, like me, <laughs> my age. I'm like, oh yeah, you can meet that. For, yeah, me Taylor. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out, and stay oh, here. Thank stay God there. he's got a gray beard. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this one's fine. This one's fine. In fact, speaking of Carlo, the other day uh, I was showing Carlo around, but of course, and this always happens when people come in from out of town. But it was literally raining cats and dogs on one of the days we were supposed to drive all literally the it
1: was literally raining animals yeah. from the sky yeah animals were raining from the sky wow. it was
0: gross because they would splatter on the floor and i was, it was gonna disgusting. say what is
1: that what does that do to yeah. the hood of your car
0: it's awful it's all dinged in and everything so anyway we i wanted to show him this we were driving by ucla and there's this beautiful uh building at ucla that everyone would know called royce hall because it's always like because in Los Angeles and they need like oh we need a a college you know a place that looks like a college building you know it's, mm-hmm. uh, so many TV shows and movies have used it as the quintessential college building you know okay it's like oh columns columns pull up Royce Hall UCLA you'll see you I like, go oh, I've seen this before you know mm-hmm. and um, R O Y C E R O Y C E yeah. And uh, it's in, like it's literally in a million movies and TV shows and everything like that. So it, it ads for being in college, you know, just like oh, like college sweatshirt ad, anything, right? Just because it's in LA and it looks just like a college building. It's like oh, where we're here, you know, because we had to wait for something. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've seen this building a million times.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but when we we find parking right in front because it's raining cats and dogs and it's the weekend. Meow. But, but we can't. It's so Woof. it's it's, it's, a, it's a building that's outdoors, and so. <laughs> It happened to be that as we're pulling up, Taylor the latte boy was returning my phone call. Or did I call you? Uh I'm not hundred percent sure. One of the two things happened, right? And so since it's really raining really hard, I I think I feel you called me because I was I remember when you called, I was lost a little bit in the campus. I don't think I'd called you while I was lost. Okay. Anyway, so um but you were returning my call for sure and um everybody knows i have to say that because taylor doesn't want to be known that he ever he calls me okay
1: anyway i, never, I ne- yeah no yeah that's part that's part of my contract so yeah it's good that you so uh it's pouring rain
0: and i mm-hmm. and as i'm talking to taylor, taylor and i are talking we're talking about uh you know it's basically it sounds like this essentially you know what we're doing now and we're just shooting the shit because i haven't talked to my friend taylor in days maybe a week you know it's been a long time and so I parked... I know of, what we were talking about. Oh, I know what we were talking about. We'll get to it in a second. Okay. So So um, now it's pouring rain, but I find parking in front of Royce Hall. So I'm figuring... And I also have this app called Dark Sky. Do you have a Dark Sky, Taylor? No, I Duke, don't. It's a great weather app. It's fantastic. It'll even tell you rain will stop in 10 minutes. And it's strangely... I wouldn't say it's on the minute, but it's strangely accurate. More accurate okay. than you would think of a weather app. But it'll say... You'll get an alert. It goes... On your phone, it'll say... Drizzle started in four minutes, and
1: you're like, "Oh, mm. uh, I, I have something like that. Yeah. I have a um, my weather plus. I think." Is
0: what oh, okay, it's so I knew that the rain wasn't going to last for much longer. So we're sitting there shooting the shit, and sure enough, as Taylor and I are talking, uh, the rain stops, and I want to say two or three minutes after this rain stops, I can't wait. In fact, I even comment. Carlos playing Doodle Jump on
1: his phone. He's not into this at all yeah now, even, though, see- even though it is I'm on a speakerphone, yeah he's getting his own private drag race recap episode. yeah, which is
0: funny because you know he and I had um what the, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that?
1: What is it? <laughs> My Siri just kicked on it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I whatever I just said to you, I'm charging it and all of a sudden it's it something came up and it scared the I apologize. Well, i like to think you're going to edit that out, but I know you're not going to. No, I'm to. not going to. That happens
0: with my Alexa. I've actually changed the name from Alexa to um, C-O-M-P-U-T-E-R because um, if I say Alexa, a million devices will... In fact, I'm going to tell you something. This Alexa thing is out of control. Mm-hmm. I already have two Alexas, uh, dots,
1: mm-hmm.
0: at no cost to me. I've never paid for what I'm going to show you right now for both of these things, I have another, it's still in the box, Echo Dot and a Google Home Mini. It's still in the box. They've just gotten them for free. From who? This one, because I bought a television on Black Friday. Okay. So that's where the Echo Dot came from. Right. This one is sort of my fault. I saw on um, uh, one of those like deals ads that there was some sort of promotion that if you had Spotify Premium, if you just had it, yeah. you were entitled to a free Google Home Mini. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Well, if I'm entitled, I'm gonna fucking get it,
1: right?" I've had this for about three months, and not opened it. The plastic yeah. still on. You should, anyway. just call, you should just say instead of the word that you just said. Mm-hmm. You should just say surveillance. Oh,
0: I know. Well, you, you can only choose one of four names, but I really would. But um, if I if I say that word, or if, if I even go, you'll see the little light go on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is that um, we're we're sitting there, and Taylor and I are talking about um, bon appetit. <laughs> Test of the videos, right? Right. And about a few minutes in after the rain stops, did you hear Carlo say this? Carlo goes,
1: Okay, can we just do this later? I heard him say something like that. I had a hard time hearing him uh-huh. compared to you. Yeah. So there were a couple of times that you were, he said something to me and I just kind of did the, ah, Okay, because I had no idea what he said. Well, he's very soft spoken. First of all, I'm very loud and he, yeah.
0: He's very this. His voice is very thin. And, you know... So everyone that we've talked on speakerphone cannot hear a word he's saying. And he's trying, he's like... He's like, you can see him like like, trying to scream. He's like, I said that I'm not going to that restaurant. And they're like, we can't hear you. So anyway, yeah. Stop whispering. And I was like, I, at that moment, I was like, oh... (laughs) well excuse me taylor i have to go because someone needs to go which by the way we're sitting right in front of it he could have just on his own two feet walked over and looked at it why does he need me i told him what it was already
1: well maybe he was nervous why does your father not want to talk to the drive-thru people because he's autistic (laughs) okay and the other thing is is um, he
0: could have also just done the thing. Now, maybe this is a cultural thing. Maybe they don't do this in Germany. It's just gone like a little nudge and like the fingers across the throat,
1: like, Hey, wrap this up. Okay. But I think even that would be, I mean, you and I were having a conversation. And again, like I said, he was getting his own private episode. Yeah. Well, what's and, funny is he, a
0: pre- maybe he just doesn't like you, Taylor, because later we met up with Lori, not that mm. day, but like on another day, Lori and After Buzz TV's Jay Ellis. And Laurie was just, I'm not even joking. I know because we were just talking about this earlier. Laurie was in full. <laughs>
1: And he was Hey just, Carlo, did you fly here on a plane? How was that airplane food? <laughs> Let me tell you all about this airplane.
0: <laughs> we talk about it. it's already been released, but because you yeah, get into this months later, but we we Lori and I get into this. But look, Carlo was like fit hand on fist, so enthralled that he's like, and at the end he goes, I got to get my own podcast episode. You know? Oh wow. so, Yeah, I know. Well maybe wow. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just Noted. wasn't amused by right. I think we were talking about bone Appetit. But we talk about Bon Appetit on here. People probably in the cars want to do the same thing.
1: <laughs> All right. This you know, week, the light I want to go flying off the side of the
0: road. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Enough that. about Andy and Claire and Chris Morocco, who mm. I still want to have sex with so badly.
1: Hey, he mentioned his wife's name on the, the latest episode. Steve? <laughs> no, apparently his wife's name, I guess, is Amber. Oh, interesting. They, the, one, the episode where he makes the chocolate cake and he's talking about coming home and his wife... And the kids were like everything was a mess, Mm -hmm. and I just thought he was he was talking to uh, Brad Leone about, and I was just it was very weird. You
0: know what we're going to do, Taylor? Just to stop this. We're going to have to do a Bone Appetit like monthly
1: recap show. I'd consider that. Mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing the contract. (laughs) <laughs> all right, this week the library is
0: open as the season five girls take a crack at reading each other for filth. Ivy Winters is too nice. Alyssa is too extra. Jinx and Roxy lay the foundation for their battle of the season. Jinx is supposedly narcoleptic. Roxy Andrews reveals she was left at a bus stop, and the girls all participate in the roast of Paul Charles. Alaska, Jinx and Coco perform well, while Ivy, Alyssa, and Roxy struggle to get any laughs. In the end, Coco is named the winner of the challenge, while Alyssa Edwards and Roxy Andrews are forced to go head-to-head. In a lip sync battle for their lives, in the end, Roxy's tearful confession awakens the icy heart of RuPaul, and both <laughs> girls are told, "Shanté, you stay." Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and
1: one thing you did not. This might have, might have this might have been one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. Yeah,
0: well, it, I, it's, it's
1: a it's a great episode.
0: It is. I was thinking about it later. It is. Just a classic, perfect, yeah. iconic episode of the series. I mean, and you it, it, and I yeah. talked
1: briefly that, like, Untucked even amplifies that. Yeah, you know,
0: Taylor was like... you Because Taylor tells me whether I should watch Untucked or not. And he had said, you better watch Untucked. So I watched it after I took notes and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. There's just so much to unpack with Untucked that... Um, that would be a good name for an Untucked recap show.
1: Unpacked. Unpacking but, Untucked?
0: Yeah. But, um... There's so much to unpack with this episode. I'm talking about. You could do a whole episode on just that untucked episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anyway, so what are the two things like about the episode? One thing you did, not Taylor.
1: One thing that I really liked was uh, I lo- I love the roast episodes. Okay. Because they're either really funny or, or the they're or they're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this was a str- There were the people that were strong were very strong, and the mm-hmm. people that were were like painful to watch. Uh, something else that I liked, I think some of the reads in the reading mm-hmm. challenge were actually pretty good. Yeah. Some of the some of the early ones were pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I I kind of disagree with who won, but um. And the thing that I liked least about this is the moment I've been and now it's over, so I can enjoy the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. The moment my least favorite, probably my one of my least favorite moments mm-hmm. of all of Drag Race, and that's the fake RuPaul crying over yeah. roxy's admission of the being yeah. left at a bus stop yeah it just comes off as so manufactured and so trying to be empathic and it's it just it's not it, it didn't add to her brand i don't think in the way that she wanted it
0: to. i have a lot to say you know i will say untucked this episode of Untucked, which by the way, if you if you're watching this, hopefully by the time you still hear this, uh, it's still available on Hulu. I can't see why it wouldn't be. Is some a lot I think I say often, even when Untucked is good, even when Untucked is good, it often rarely has any sort of impact on understanding the main episode. But yeah. I feel this episode is of Untucked is so integral. In fact, I want to say this might be the first time I've ever seen this Untucked because there were assumptions I've always had about this episode that sort of changed because of this episode of Untucked. Like I instance, would
1: completely agree with that.
0: I always assumed Roxy just burst out with that confession. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. And yes. then it Absolutely. came out of I know nowhere. I exactly where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. It was in her head. Yeah. So she had gotten talking about it and it was in her head and it fucked with her while she was doing that lip sync.
0: Yeah and uh also what else did i think about on there um there were some other things that i was like this really really informed oh i know what one of them was and we could talk about this when we get to untucked was <sighs> there's a lot god it has to do with jinx and roxy but there's there are elements a that i kind of makes me look at the jinx and roxy thing a little differently in that like because cause Roxy has said this, she said this. She doesn't say it now, but in interviews immediately afterwards, she was like, "Jinx is pulling a fast one on you guys. She's not the person you think she is on the show." And they kind of hint at that when she and Coco are having that conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I kind of get it. I don't know why you need to sort of bully Jinx, but I can get how that would be annoying. Where when the camera's on, the person's like, "Well, I don't know," you know, like this play. And then like they completely know because they even say she can win this competition. What's annoying? I, I never knew that before. What's annoying Roxy, and let's say we'll put throw Coco in the mix, is they acknowledge that Jinx is very, very strong. Yeah. But that, that's what bothers them, is that she pretends like she isn't. Which I don't yeah. think we ever get that in the main show. I don't think there's that acknowledgement. The right. other thing is, I was actually really surprised... From a psychological point of view, because the Roxy admission on Untucked about the bus stop comes out of Jinx's admission about her alcoholic mother. Right. And I would think there would be a sort of bonding
1: over that. My God. It's like you and I are sharing a brain right now. Yeah. So that there there, there seems to be very little that that could have been a moment for connection between the two of them. And it's not really if anything, it's Alyssa. That's being that seems to be the one that is supporting both Jinx and Roxy in that moment. Yeah,
0: but, but we're 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 doing it Untucked right now, so okay. So you did your two things. Two things liked about the episode. Um, I also love the roast. I also think that the reading. I guess my number two thing will be that the reading challenge. You know, having seen that, now that we have a totality of like eleven reading challenges, not including All Stars. Um, but this is actually a very strong reading challenge across yeah. the board. Even people like Coco and Alyssa Baum on All-Stars 2 and in the comical way, which makes me think, how come they couldn't read these girls on All-Stars 2? Because it, it, it's... I don't know when it ends, but it's a very classic... It's the way the reading challenge should be. It's... A, they're, everybody across the board, even if they fail, is trying to do a classic read, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why the show... that would be very interesting to see when and why the show changes.
1: And they don't do you do think that, that it's? I mean, there's only so many of those jokes that you can really, that you can go through.
0: Yeah, but okay. Well, we'll again, we're 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 jumping okay. the gun here.
1: We'll talk about it during the
0: reading challenge, and then okay. uh, the thing I did not like. Um, there are more. And this includes untucked, and and there might be more things I don't like about this episode. But it might be untucked, and and the episode, the choppy manipulative editing is worse than usual. Okay. Like, there's a lot of crazy, choppy editing that occurs in this episode where you're like, "That's you can tell, like, wow. And I don't need to be an editing expert. You can tell, like, that's not exactly what happened in that scene. Yeah. Anybody with half a brain would be like, no, that this is not what happened. They They totally manufactured this. You know, I had a question. I didn't go back and research this. I didn't do anything. But I do know they're known to move... Uh, moments on, around episode, like especially Elimination Day moments. So it might be in another episode, but they put it in a different episode. But it seemed to me, and I I haven't gone back to double triple check this. It seemed to me that the way they were doing Alyssa and Coco were doing their makeup. It seemed like that's what when the girl look how orange you look really happened. Yeah. I, it's the same she, seating position, the same makeup. I don't look at their outfits mm-hmm. though. I have to go look at the outfits and it would make sense because in the, in the elimination day, they're all kind of ha 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 reading each other at the mirror. As if a producer said, why don't you guys read each other? Which is what happens when Alyssa and Cook they're, they're kind of reading each other like you would for a roast. Right. And then Coco takes it to the next level. <laughs> you I'm know? not joking, bitch. I'm not joking, bitch.
1: Yeah, I actually <laughs> have that quote. You know, I was gonna say that when your parents come running in thinking, Oh, yeah, uh, uh, fighting. Uh. Oh, shouldn't do that. Oh,
0: God, do why that. did I just do that? Everything's okay,
1: <laughs> right? Favorite Joe Batan story ever. Mm-hmm. I have I have never laughed as hard as I did that day <laughs> that we were on the phone and that happened. That was, That is possibly the funniest thing that I've ever gotten to witness <laughs> without witnessing it. I'm not joking, bitch. All right. After
0: Jade's (laughs) elimination, Coco is relieved that she was safe, but shaken by the fact that she was so close to elimination. Ivy Winters is congratulated on her win. Roxy is starting to get annoyed with Jinx, and Alaska is frustrated because she has yet to win a challenge. Uh, the next day, Alaska separates from herself from Alaska Talks just before Rube Paul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini-challenge. Ladies, in the great tradition of Paris is Burning, get ready to visit the library, darling, ah! <laughs> Because reading is what?
1: Fundamental. That's right. That's
0: right. The girls read each other for filth, but it was Alaska who took the challenge as the winner, Taylor now. We can talk about this reading challenge. Like I was saying earlier, um, yeah, you, you had said early in the conversation when I cut you off that, you know, maybe they don't – maybe it's changed because they've used all the jokes. But Alaska does that joke. This is season five. It might be the first time. But she does a joke where she's like, oh, Rue, I can't. Okay, wow, well, Alyssa – you know, that right. which they still do. And you're like, oh, bitch, we're still doing this, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know if it's that. I don't know what it is. I almost wonder... But is she the, really the first one that did that? I don't know if she's the first one that did it, but it's... I mean, this is season five, and they're still doing it at season 11. Well, what
1: was the... Okay, well, I guess the, 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 they've been doing readings since season two.
0: Yeah. And they did it so. on Drag Race UK. I think Cheryl Hole did it on Drag Race UK.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, everyone, I know this is airing after season 12. I'm not, I haven't seen season 12. I haven't seen All-Stars 5. So, I don't know if it's happened by then. But, yeah. yeah.
1: But, anyway... uh So, so what were your thoughts on this reading challenge? Well, I think, okay, if we can go back a couple of seconds before that, Mm -hmm. um, I think that your statement about the editing is very apparent when they're talking about where it's Rolaska talks, but Alaska comes in and says, Alaska, the looks on detoxes and Roxy's face clearly are taken from other things. And the level of annoyance and the level yeah. of things going on seem like they are probably directed at other girls. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I agree with you that I felt this feels really manufactured, where they're just taking clips and putting them together to make it more dramatic than it is. Yeah. Um, I had written down the idea of the topic of clicks mm-hmm. because it was in Alaska's head, and mm-hmm. and I didn't know if you wanted to explore that or not.
0: We can. I should
1: warn you
0: that in high school. Uh, and other places too. This is something that's followed me for many years, and I, I have to just fess up. I've been accused of creating or being part of clicks. I don't okay. see it that way, but I mean, this is something that even with with disparate groups of people have uh-huh. said. You know, my group of friends, even though they're different, are very clicky, and I don't see it that way. But um, I guess I am. So now, now we're never as blatant as Ralaska talks. Right, We don't go we're like, hi, even though in high school, my group of friends and I, Mercedes, Liz, a couple other girls, we were called The Click and we owned that title.
1: Yeah. Well, you almost wear, especially then, you almost wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wh- But I want to hear why- about it. My group of friends when I was growing up, we weren't necessarily a clique. I mean, we were all close-knit, but I don't mm-hmm. know that you would call us a clique per se. Mm-hmm. When I got to be older, I definitely got clicky. At work, I was very clicky, mm-hmm. And I became one of the mean girls for a while. Yeah. But I think that that also was, it, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, we've talked about my experiences with bullying. And mm-hmm. while I didn't become a bully, it was kind of fun to be able to take the piss out of somebody and mm-hmm. you, but I also think that the difference is, you know, there wasn't even playing field to some, su- no, that's not true. Cause there were people that I thought I was better than at, at, previous jobs that I've been at. Yeah. You know, when you just sort of have that where you almost look to get with, get with your other friends and just kind of talk shit about somebody. My, I had a couple of people that I used to work with that we all couldn't stand our supervisor. And we used to talk shit about her like to her face. I mean, it yeah. was, it was bad. But it was it's 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 you kind of miss that miss that clickiness. Sometimes. Well, you know what's
0: funny is I kind of feel here at Afterthought, and we're not even that big. I feel there are a couple of clicks. I feel that there's the Joe Laurie Taylor click, and then I feel like Evans sort of developed his own click with the rumor mill.
1: I appreciate you saying that. I'm part of the click. I there's times that I think it's it's really it's Joe and Laurie click. It is, but I and just, I you just were kind here.
0: of you were, you were here, so I wanted, I didn't want to make you feel better.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Just a, there's part of me that I'm like, well, that's really interesting to say, but then there's yeah. part I'm like, that's not true. But okay, that's at least at least I know that my my uh, but I feel like the like... perception are accurate. Then it is
0: sort of interesting to me. I feel like the rumor mill is sort of a click, and that when I went in one time to sub for Evan, it, I felt it. It felt very like, and now that was a different dynamic where like Daddy's in the room, and so we're gonna act weird and different but especially
1: because you made them all call you
0: daddy yeah and also that i was wearing um i couldn't think of a joke in time. i'm not gonna even try and bother
1: <laughs> you uh, made evan or- place your order for you through the
0: drive <laughs> yeah evan has his own little <laughs> weird click over at uh in the rumor mill and i think it's just maybe now you're the the mental health professional is it just a natural thing for human beings to want to be in clicks yeah, well, I th- I don't know that is want to be
1: in cliques. I think it's that people want to be in a tribe. Mm-hmm. People want to feel a sense of belonging, and when you find people with similar interests, similar styles of communication, similar sense of humor, and you you have that of where there's everybody wants to be part of the group, but they all want to be their own individual person. So if there's four of you that are a clique, mm-hmm. and then suddenly a fifth person comes along and they want to be a part of that, there is that feeling of. Um, you know, people can get defensive and people can get very, uh, territorial mm-hmm. about that sort of thing. So it has to be where almost like a group has to decide a tribe has to decide on some level if they're going to let in another member, Yeah, you know, and that, and that member, that fifth member using an example of four has to be able to show what skills they bring to the table and what they bring to help keep the, keep the click, you know, and then it just starts over if a sixth person or a seventh person wanted to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so,
0: okay, so Alaska Talks, uh, by the way, Michelle, Michelle and Rue are a fucking clique, you know? And she's like, no, I don't are. like clicks." like, oh, really, bitch? Really? The clique is what got you this job. Yeah, exactly. The click is exactly what got her this job. Uh, all right, what about your thoughts on the reading challenge, though? Um,
1: the, the, the few thoughts that I had was, I don't know that Alaska was the funniest. Yeah? I thought the one who was the funniest actually was Detox. I felt like I laughed more at detoxes than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my the one thing that was frustrating about the reading challenge, even though mm-hmm. I did enjoy more than others, was the jinx, the way they edited her to be really overreacting to the jokes. Mm-hmm. With the, like, throwing her head back and doing the silent screams and just the – it was really distracting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that they're all kind of screaming at everything and, and they all think it's funny, but it seemed like hers in particular were really over, over the top. Mm-hmm. I know there's a scene in a later episode where she's doing that and it's it's right in the heat of all of the Jinx Roxy stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Roxy looks so annoyed at her while she's doing it that mm-hmm. it that becomes that becomes what I remember about whatever that challenge is.
0: Yeah. So
1: um, what were your thoughts? Like, Well, yeah, like I said, like it was actually a
0: decent reading challenge. I'm looking at my list right here. And I used to remember Jinx being pretty good at the reading challenge too. Jinx was like, Jinx was good like, too. If she would have won, it wouldn't have been weird. But yeah, Detox was pretty good. Again, like I said, across the board, even Alyssa and Coco, who again in All-Stars 2 are notoriously bad to the point where it's hilarious,
1: sort of bring it in a more traditional way. Oh, I disagree with that on Coco. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I thought Coco was Coco was the Alyssa, my dear, how I hate it when you're near. From All Stars Two, uh-huh. she she was she was at about that level to me, oh, okay. where it just was it just was a flat line.
0: Where Alyssa, remember in All Stars Two, Alyssa's like Taylor, gutted,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Laurie, rotted, and then it was like something like you know Beast. That's where that comes from, right? It's from that uh, challenge. Um, but Alaska wasn't bad, and yeah, I could see Detox winning it too. Maybe they just wanted to give Alaska a win. I'm not sure. All right, anyway, next, RuPaul announced this week's main challenge. Ladies, for this week's main challenge, you're going to get a chance to read. Me. You'll be competing in the RuPaul Roast. In the workroom, Alaska works with the girls to determine the lineup. Ivy is worried because she's not mean enough for a roast. Jinx decides she's a narcoleptic, and Alyssa is annoying everyone with how extra she is.
1: I can't read this last one because
0: they're going to be like, t- huh.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, y'all. I can't do it. I'm going to have to rewrite it. I'm going to read y'all the beginning of mine tell me if it's too much. RuPaul, where should I start? With the cracked out beginning of your career or the cracking of your voice at every live performance?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all, This going to be too much. Is that too much, Ron?
1: <laughs>
0: All right, Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom. Alyssa was so amused with herself.
1: Well, but this kind of this is this episode speaks to this is a classic Alyssa Edwards yeah. episode. This is like because, you know it's so funny. Before you
0: go on, we're we're concurrently covering season seven with um, with Lori Rogan Camp, yeah. and I feel we and season seven episode seven as well, where I feel that was the episode where everyone fell in love with Katya. Mm-hmm. I think with what you're going to say, I think this is the episode where it happens for Alyssa,
1: right? Well, I don't know that people fall in love with her because I think people already, the people that love her, loved her already. Mm-hmm. But this speaks very much to this where, you know, you you've used the phrase it's it's RuPaul's world and we all just get to live in it. Mm-hmm. I think Alyssa thinks it's Alyssa's world and we all just get to live in it. Yes. There the level of delusion with and just the, the ridiculous over the top with her of where she's she's looking around and she's she's clearly looking for attention. She's mm-hmm. clearly looking that she wants to share these jokes with people, and everybody is so not into it. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite detox moments, the commentary of her doing the doing the impression of Elizabeth the whoa, whoa, <laughs> and doing all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is very, is very funny to me. Um it's she's she's crazy. So when you've got that with Alyssa, plus later on, when she definitely is kind of stoking the fires between Jinx and Roxy. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, we get to see what kind of dancer Alyssa is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just one of these where the whole thing, it just speaks to who Alyssa Edwards is. This encapsulates what Alyssa Edwards is as an entity, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: Yeah, I think this moment is, you know, that there are several moments that you can point to that just, you know, I've said this before, as Alyssa Edwards is not really great at this competition, but she's amazing television.
1: You Something you said on, and I, I believe you said it on a show with Laurie, Um, you said that Alyssa is not necessarily a great, okay, when I say this, just hear me out, and I know that I'm paraphrasing. Alyssa is not great on her own. Alyssa is great when she's around other people personalities because she's the last one to get the joke but she's the first one to make the joke without realizing it and she's very much of the where she's she's just this force but when you watch like the show she had on netflix and the the other show that she's got on world of wonder presents you know it's it's not about that it's it's about just her thinking that she's like the shit and she's the biggest thing in the room with all these other people who are justifiably could think the same thing
0: well, yeah, I think the mistake, that people who produce TV shows with Alyssa, is that they think she is the lead, when actually she's the funny side character. So, mm-hmm. for instance, let's take Will and Grace. Like, Will and Grace themselves are kind of boring. They're the leads, right. right? Who are the funny ones? It's Karen and Jack. But if you had a Karen and Jack show or a Karen or Jack show, that wouldn't be very funny. You know, you need to see Karen and Jack interacting with Will and Grace. That's what makes them funny. And that's the same thing with Alyssa. You need to see her. Alyssa as the Will and or Grace as the lead of the show just isn't going to work because there has to be some sort of level of gravitas to her that she can carry it. And she doesn't have that. And that's why the shows essentially
1: fail. She needs to be interacting with people. Well, it's sort of like when – and we talked about Alice, the TV show Alice recently. <gasps> oh, by the way, I got alerts
0: from everybody. I think he was my boyfriend. The guy who played – um Philip Tommy. McKean, who played Tommy, died. Yeah, died. And everybody yeah. was messaging me, including him, like I was the widow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that's only because you wear that veil when you yeah. go out. Uh-huh. Um. So, you know, one of the most popular characters in that show was Flo. Mm-hmm. And she was – Flo was in some ways the Karen Walker of yeah. Alice. Mm-hmm. So they eventually gave Flo her own show Yeah. and it bombed. Yes. Yeah, do, do you remember the name of her show? I'm going to assume it was Flo. Oh, you know what? I think it was Flo. But what was the name? Because she bought a bar. Oh, she did? I don't know. Yes. And do you remember what the oh, – yeah. you, so you don't remember what the name of the bar is. I never saw, I've never Again, seen one episode of Flo. Uh, well, because I think they didn't do very many of them. But the name of her bar was Flo's Yellow Rose. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, they, they did the same thing with the
0: Ropers and Three's Company. Everyone, Yes. Was, uh, yes. So the Ropers, for everyone listening,
1: were they were these side
0: characters. Evan? Anyone under There was 40? a show called
1: Three's Company. There was
0: a show called Three's Company, which is so funny because everyone should know. They would play this Three's Company show. It was, it was about John Ritter played Jack Tripper. And mm-hmm. you know, in the seventies, to live with two women was very scandalous. So he had to pretend to be gay, and that right. was played for laughs to no end. You know, on this uh, threes company,
1: so it's about a, all he had to do was giggle and literally throw a hand over a wrist, and that everybody thought that was just so yeah. so cutting edge.
0: And he could only live with these two girls because he was gay. And so he they had these landlords, the Ropers, and I think Mrs. Roper knew he wasn't gay. Correct? Uh, maybe. I think she knew. I think she knew he wasn't gay. Only Mr. Roper didn't know he wasn't gay. And uh, Mrs. Roper wore moo moo she was played by uh, Audra Lindley, right. the actress, and uh, Mr. Roper was played by Norman Fell. And um and they were like really funny. They were this bickering old couple. She was oversexed.
1: But- She was over sex. She was constantly wanting to have sex, and he wanted nothing to do with her. And he was constantly making all sorts of horrible things about how she had gotten old and was ugly.
0: But I will say, Norman Fell from Three's Company did do this thing that I think was one of the (laughs) biggest influencers on my comedy. Which is weird, because it's something they did on this show that was unusual. Even I think it would be unusual now. Where he would make some sort of really horrible, mean comment about how ugly uh, Mrs. Roper was. And as the audience laughed, he would break the fourth wall and look at the camera with a, yeah, I fucking got
1: her. <laughs> okay, so when you, I started to type in, did Mrs. Roper on Google, the third thing that comes up is, did Mrs. Roper know Jack was straight? Let's yeah. see what the answer is. Okay, we're going to find out what the answer is right now. He, Mrs. Roper, and Janet were all out at the Regal Beagle in the second episode. The Regal Beagle was the name of the bar they had. The local used to go Bar, to. yeah. And Mrs. Roper saw Jack checking out flirting with the waitress and asked if he was really straight, and he told her he was. She promised she would never tell. Yeah. Okay, so she did know.
0: Do you think she – Because so then what happens is the Ropers got super popular. Oh, well, the one thing I was going to say was – so the reason – you know, I would think I was even too young when The Three's Company first aired. But they re-ran the show like nobody's business on daytime TV. Right. Or like after school. Yeah. So that's how I got to know the show – is in like when I was oh like maybe like eight or nine I would see the reruns, and I just thought it was funny because Jack would fall. He was like he did a lot of pratfalls and stuff like that, right? Right.
1: But when you watch, have you ever watched it later? I, yeah, it's it's. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw an episode of it, but yeah, it. They're all the same episode, by the way. Exactly. But, yeah. Was oh, oh, that was is that a joke on Friends where he says oh is this the one where there's a big misunderstanding? Yeah. While exactly. All watching? Three's Company.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. The... But it was extremely sexual. Extremely, but I guess as a kid, it just went over my head. So they mm-hmm. would do, they would do the classic thing you've probably been made, seeing made fun of on sitcoms where, let's say, this is probably actually something that really happened, where like Jack is John Ritter and Chrissy was Suzanne Summers. They're in the mm-hmm. bathroom trying to put up a shower rod, let's say, a shower curtain, right. and the doors close and Mr. Roper would come in and, um, you know, you'd hear them trying to like struggle you're hearing, uh, uh, and she's like, it's too big, it won't fit. And he's like, just keep pushing, you know? Right, just jam it in there. You has yeah, gotta sh- hit, it, hit it
1: from the side, and it'll, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then Mr. Roper would like make this like, oh my god, you know, face, and he'd barge in and be like, aha! And then he'd see them putting on the shower curtain. Anyway, it was always that. The point is that the Ropers got super popular, so they got their own sitcom, and it bombed. Uh, I think it lasted two seasons. Yeah, it called The Ropers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how we got on this. Oh, Alyssa, Alyssa Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, she's essentially the Ropers or Karen Walker or Flo, uh, yeah. of the of the show.
1: All right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> only you and I could go from talking about Alyssa Edwards yeah. to the Ropers yeah. <laughs> in like the course of about three minutes. Yeah. This is this is the high quality content that people. Well, I feel back for.
0: that if you had a uh, good old. Uh, uh, your co-host on part is my co-pilot uh, Rodan. He could
1: he could you know swim with us. Uh, only if it was that we talked about stuff from the nineties. Oh, he like doesn't that, know Three's 70s. Company. Uh, no, I'm sure he knows what Three's Company is, but I mean he he doesn't quite have the level of knowledge of like seventies and eighties pop culture that I do. Uh-huh. Whereas like in the nineties, if you ask him any question about the nineties, he can he can answer.
0: Yeah, that. I just assume because he and I are, like the same age so
1: yeah but he uh, yeah I, I, they kind of grew up not having a lot so mm. i don't know that he necessarily had you know like a tv oh really so yeah I, i'm sure he had a tv he would hit me in the face right now for saying that like that but i mean he i think he he had other things going on in his world that he wasn't necessarily worried about catching the latest threes company rerun how's he looking by the way everyone should know rodan had a
0: some sort of uh what is what the, the exact procedure he had done he had a gastric bypass
1: sleeve yeah, yeah, done he, and he's back lost, in October of eighteen. He looks great. He lost a ton of weight. He's lost. He's lost well over a hundred pounds. I think he had got lost about one hundred and thirty pounds. And is he um, where he wants to be? He uh, no. He probably could have lost maybe about thirty to forty more, mm-hmm. but he. Enjoys his Jack and Cokes at night, so oh. that has prevented him from losing all the weight that he wants to. And he's—it was so long ago now. At this point, he's plateaued, so he's not going to lose anymore unless he starts like actually exercising and oh, I see. doing things. Oh, so okay. he's, yeah. but I, he never got to the melted candle phase that you see people sometimes that have that surgery. You know, almost you know,
0: like the, the aspirational people who think, "Well, I'm going to vote Republican because one day I'll be rich and I'm going to pay low taxes." Mm-hmm. Same thing with me. I have this fe- this feeling. One day I will be thin, and these problems will happen. And I'm worried about sort of like the droopy, you know, like the skin hanging down,
1: maybe like the flappy necks. And has he had any yeah. of that stuff? No. Oh, really? No. We saw we saw him a couple weeks ago. Oh, probably a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I definitely. You know, we we were all sharing a hotel room, mm-hmm. so we were all in various stages of undress around each mm-hmm. other. And I, he wasn't, he never, he never looked super droopy droopy, you know, like he did. He didn't look like somebody had let all the air out of him. Okay. All right.
0: Very good. All right. Because it was the roast of RuPaul, who better to deliver the table visits than Michelle Bassage? Alaska's told that she shouldn't have placed herself first. Roxy is known for being a bitch, so she's not nervous. He uh, finds it hard to write insult jokes. Coco's going to be RuPaul's cousin. And Alyssa doesn't know the difference between a read and a joke. Uh,
1: your thoughts here on the table visits, Taylor? Well, uh, the one th- the question that I had, mm-hmm. I had, two things that came up. One is, yeah. what does going first have to do with somebody going down? going because she says at one point she goes you know because she asks Alaska when Alaska's I'm gonna go first and she goes well somebody somebody's got somebody's got to go down you know in flames yeah so I don't know why yeah, you yeah. I, th- that was a very odd it felt like they said to her mm-hmm. kind of like you know I know Rupaul's job is to kind of like you know shake him up a little bit but she's not as nuanced with that sort of mm-hmm. thing yeah so she said something that just when she said that I'm like that doesn't make any sense yeah that being said I thought she looked beautiful mm-hmm I thought she looked really, really pretty. She's very Jersey pretty, yeah. which I mean that as a compliment. As somebody who grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. she definitely had that kind of vibe to her. Um, I, and I have one other, uh, one other thought about that section, I, but I want to give you a chance to say something first.
0: Yeah, this is something, you know, I, I, so I got kind of lucky on this episode because I was short on time. And I've actually covered this episode before with Evan in a series we did on Patreon called Reflections. Okay, so I already had a version of this script written. I just had to go in there and edit it and change it and and uh just sort of polish it up. And I remember on Reflections I did a huge rant about this, which is so the rule the, the, the what uh, uh, Michelle's talking about, and this comes up in later in later seasons too, is when you're doing a, a standard issue comedy show, yes, the earlier you go up, it, the harder it is. So the host, uh, with the term taking the bullet, takes the bullet up top because he or she is the host, is now at a comedy club, people are coming in, they're looking at the menus, they're ordering their drinks, they're not quite liquored up, um, you know, they're just like, oh my God, we're here, and blah, blah, blah. It's just this is a lot of different energy. And so what the host is doing at the top of the show is, yeah, the host isn't going to do as well. Because everyone's just not in the the right mindset for a comedy show, and so the uh-huh. host is meant essentially to have a harder position. I was going to say it is it, going to bomb on purpose. It's not true. There are many hosts. That's how they get good. Is, yeah. and they're actually like I actually liked hosting. You know, uh-huh. I was a host for I would say that was the highest I ever got in a comedy was as a host, but a very good host. Is and there something
1: about that that it takes some of the pressure off because you don't have to completely kill it? You recognize you're not gonna. You recognize going in, I, I'm not gonna kill it first out of the first out of the chamber, mm-hmm. but I, I'm I'm gonna get them riled up. I'm gonna pull the proverbial cord on yeah. the lawnmower, yeah, sort of thing. Yes, exactly. But also, it it, it makes
0: you good because people. I, there's actually a, a wonderful picture out there that I don't have, but someone sent it to me and I've lost it. When I used to work at this uh, comedy no, – it wasn't a comedy club. When I used to host a show at Barney's Beanery, mm-hmm. Barney's Beanery, the, the comedy part of it – it wasn't a comedy club. It, it was a place where you put pool and drink beer. But on the third floor of Barney's Beanery in the back patio, that's where we would do the comedy show at 9.30. And at 9.30, time to start the show. There's no one out there. Zero people, Right. But if they've heard a voice talking, then people would be like, what is this? What's going on? Why am I hearing a voice? And they'd invent it. So it was my job to essentially bring the room. Uh-huh. So I would go up on stage and I would there would be literally zero people in the room. Zero. Not I would be the only person in the room and I would start doing comedy. And a friend of mine, Patrick, he took a picture of me doing stand-up to zero people in the room. And... um. And it makes you good. It make and so, but same thing with being a host is the people just aren't ready. So you have to be, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna bomb, you have to be that much better. Does that make sense? It's also a fine line though, because the headliner doesn't want you to be better than he or she is. You can't get too many laughs. It's a really odd line to play. The reason I liked hosting was, so for the very reason you said, I got like five minutes up top, 10 minutes, depending on the show and then i would bring on the feature or a special guest right but the one thing the one thing you have that no other comic has is i get to come back yeah and so you would especially if so let's say for you have a job as a host if let's say somebody goes up there let's say the special guest goes up there and eats shit now it's your job to essentially bring the audience back clear the air make it like then the mood to laugh again and then bring on the next comic or yeah. let's say the comic you see that's the thing is when you're a headliner if so it's it's actually bad to kill before the headliner yeah they, they'll fucking lose their shit because then they feel like you've deflated the room so as a host it's also your job if a person kills not necessarily to die on stage but just start to make everyone forget what just happened so that when the right. headliner comes on they're fresh again does that make mm. sense so yeah. this is where you might make some sort of boring announcements or just do some crowd work, where it's just just like, okay, that happened. You know, you can't bring someone on that just killed.
1: So anyway, but okay, but now was Alaska though wasn't necessarily the host. She well, definitely th- presented sort of in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, it looked like she kind of did that. But then so, when you think about it, yeah. it's not like she came between everybody and re- not like what well, not a Tossia salad did. Yeah. The one yeah. she didn't do that.
0: So this is where they show gets it wrong. Everything changes on a roast. Because if on a – like in other words, on a comedy show, there's the world is your oyster. Everyone's going to talk about different things, right? And in fact, again, to go back to the business of comedy, it's sort of the job – usually the headliner brings the feature. It's usually mm-hmm. if it's a, fam- a famous guy, he has a person that he's chosen to be the feature. Not all the time, but it's often the case. But it's that person's job to know what the headliner is going to talk about so that he or she doesn't talk about the same thing, okay? Mm-hmm. So – there's a whole art to the building of a comedy show, right? Just like what are you going to talk about? Here's my set list. Okay, we can't talk about the same things. Blah blah blah. blah. But on a roast, it's already it's already known that you're going to talk about the same thing, and because you're going to talk about, for instance, it comes up in the workroom where uh, Michelle talks to Alaska, and Alaska's, I'm going to talk about her uh, auto tuning. Right. And then yeah. she goes on to, I think it's Roxy or Ivy, and they say, I'm going to talk about auto tuning. And Michelle says, Well, a lot of people are talking about her auto tuning. Like, are you sure you want to? Do it? That's the advantage. You When you're doing a roast, you want to go first. Right. You want to go first because then you get the first crack at all the jokes about the same topics. Right. So if you remember yeah, the comedy. It makes Central, sense. Makes total if you, sense. If you remember the Comedy Central roast, there was a guy who would always go first. He's since died of a drug overdose. I can't remember his oh,
1: name.
0: Oh, uh... I feel like it was Greg something or other. Greg Gerardo? That sounds right. Gerardo? Greg Gerardo, Gerardo, I think it was right. his name yeah. is. Yeah. Right? But he was known because he was a really good comic. He was really funny. And so... Because you don't want someone to go bring up those topics and then fuck it all up. You know? Right. So he would be really... He'd hit the topics. He'd be really funny. And he'd be out. Right? On the opposite end, Lisa Lampanelli, you always right. have the really strong person at the end because... Not because they're a headliner... Because they're so fucking good, it doesn't matter that everyone's covered the same fucking jokes 500 times, they are just going to clean up, right? Yeah. And so it actually is, unlike a regular comedy show, it's really hard to go at the end, because all the jokes have been done, and very easy to go first. Because you have you have first crack at all the jokes, jokes about Michelle, jokes about Santino, jokes about everyone there, you get the first crack. You yeah. know, it's almost like being the, you know, think about a gangbang.
1: Uh-huh. It really
0: is. You yeah. want to be the first guy in a gangbang. You don't want to be the last guy. And it's the same thing. The roast is more like a gangbang. Well, the I want to be the show. main
1: guy in a gangbang.
0: Well, that's why this summer we're going to have the roast of Taylor Latte Boy. <laughs> what was the other thing you're going to talk about, Taylor? Um,
1: Just the editing, the shady editing between when uh, Michelle was talking to Coco of Alyssa eating the cookies off by herself at the wall and just mm-hmm. this really unflattering way she was sitting and the look on her face. It, it just was very funny that they kept yeah. handing back to Alyssa eating these cookies. And it kind of – I got a good chuckle out of that. Why was Alyssa eating the cookies? I don't know. I don't. Well, I guess she had figured she'd already – oh, my God. It's just too funny. I need to take a break. So she decided <laughs> to carbo-load or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Interesting. All right, very good. On the main stage, the girls each get a chance to get some time with comedians Bruce Valanche, Devin Green, and Nadia Ginsburg. What happened Nadia Ginsburg, by the way? <laughs> Jinx stumbles over her words. Ivy needs to go deeper. Alaska confuses the coaches with her drag terms. Coco makes the judges laugh. Alyssa reads Santino and Roxy burst into tears after being told she's not funny. Your thoughts on the writing workshop, Taylor?
1: Uh, Devin Green is terrifying looking.
0: I think so too. And you know, what's so funny is friend of the show, Shannon is friendly with her and knows her. And I'd forgotten that until I saw her and I was like, I wonder if Shannon thinks she... I've never talked about that with her. So I wonder what she thinks of her. I know she really likes her.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the videos, the welcome to my home videos that they talk about, that Jinx talks about mm-hmm. are some of the very First things that when we, we started with podcasting, that was kind of one of the first sources of like quotes that we would say to each other in the very first episodes of is my co-pilot. Oh, really? Because it's it's it's. Have you ever seen those? No. I'm sure you've seen those videos. Oh, my God. They're so funny. Um, I, You almost can't find them now because the woman who she's making fun of. Keep suing to have them taken down. Oh, it's based on a real person. It's it's what she's done is she's found a video from the eighties of a soap actress, Janice Dick, Dickson, Dickson. It's not Janice Dickinson, Mm -hmm. but it's, and she was on young and the restless. Okay. And she does a video for people where she explains how she leads this wonderful lifestyle. And it's super cheesy like lifestyle the rich and famous and it's clearly home produced and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and what devin green does is devin green overlays her voice where she's pretending to say things okay. for this woman and she's crazy she just says all of these ridiculous out of nowhere things that are lots of double entendre lots of uh, lots of things like that that mm-hmm. are they're just very very funny um For those of you in the Discord, Humble Pie just just added a a link to the YouTube video for it, and she did a couple of them. But the very first one, "Welcome to My Home," is the is the most funny of all of them. She did one where like Donna Mills did a video, and she did the same thing with that. And it's and she does it in this very over enunciated kind of New England type voice Mm -hmm. on top of it. It's they're very very funny. Um, I don't know anything about Nadia Ginsburg.
0: I looked her uh, up. She was a writer, and this was one of the times it made sense. She was a writer on um,
1: Fashion Police. Okay. Well, yeah, then that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um And Bruce Valanche, I, who, by the I, way, I, like I told you,
0: if I go to something in West Hollywood, like a, like a play or something, I'll see him there. Uh huh. F- I mean, I, this this episode actually kind of captured it. Frightening looking in real life.
1: Oh yeah, no, watching this in HD is was terrifying. Yeah. Between him and Devin Green in particular. It's very Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Uh, all right. But
0: you know what's so funny is talking about the choppy editing is this is edited so roughly and so choppy. And it's – it's, I don't even believe anything I saw was true. So I don't even really have that many comments because I don't know what I
1: saw. Well, and the one thing that I said was she told one, I don't remember which of the queens it was, but she told one of the, Devin Green in particular says, or maybe it was Bruce and Devin said at one point, one of them tells one queen, well, you have to be, you can't be vicious. Don't be vicious. And then the next one comes out and they're like, well, you have to be vicious. They tell two girls completely different things. That's why I don't blame them. Because these people... I mean,
0: I will say Bruce Valange is a veteran joke writer. I mean, that's one thing you can't take away from... I don't know anything about this Nadia Ginsberg. Uh, but Shannon seems to be very... My friend Shannon seems to be very fond of Devin Green. And Shannon's very funny. So mm-hmm. these people know their shit. I just don't... Uh, I, I, I don't trust the editings. So I don't know what we saw and what
1: they saw. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... it's The whole thing is just... It feels like they're almost they're setting them up to fuck with their heads, as we saw with Roxy. Mm -hmm. Roxy was very much of the where she walked out of there and she was shook. Yeah.
0: Okay, everyone, we are back. Uh, You don't know this. I had to go pee, right? (laughs) And when I came back, I just saw a bag here. Uh, I don't think I can see this. Yep. That reminded me of something. And uh, I just you know I have a friend from out of town named Carlo.
1: And we talked about for the first couple of minutes of the episode. Yeah. Okay. And uh,
0: my friend, John Paul works uh, at the Disney studios in Burbank, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what part of the, we, I took Carlo to the Walt Disney studios and they have a Disney store, but it's like a Disney store. You have any mall. Right. But then in the back, there's something called the studio store. And it's stuff that you can only get at the studio. And this specifically, I happen to know for a fact, you cannot get this outside of the studio. That's you where you the, got my Furvis a couple of years ago. The fake Turvis. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That Daniel Brewer said you would love and then you hated it. I know that that is not what happened. Daniel Brewer said you should get it for me. And then you did because because Taylor loves Turvises. And then after you bought it and walked out, he looked at you and went, well, you know, that's not a Turvis, right? Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, so I saw this and I immediately thought of you, because it is, you
0: can't, you can only, they don't sell this anywhere else. Okay. But then I didn't know, the problem is they had t-shirts of this and then they have a hoodie. Okay. But the t-shirts aren't as cool as the, I mean, the the hoodies aren't as cool as the t-shirts, I think. Okay. And also, like, that's why I asked you your size the other day.
1: Right. And then told me I have to get skinny.
0: Well, yeah, because, anyway, there's a little Yoda on the sleeve. I don't know if you see this. Oh, cute! Okay. But what it does say on the other side? <gasps> and they don't sell Lucasfilm stuff like this outside of the Joe. studio. No. what? That's awesome! Oh, do you want it? I'll send it to you. Merry Christmas! Yeah. What's? Thank you. What size is it? Uh, I don't know if I want to say that on the. I'll text <laughs> it to you.
1: Okay. <laughs> is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> it, yes. Uh, it's, it's medium <laughs> that's that's the part it's, it it's child's <laughs> oh you know what i don't have oh wait a second i have my ipad in here so yeah. it'll come up so yeah so perfect the, perfect that is a perfect size
0: okay so i will send this to you i didn't know because i was like so oh, merry thank christmas you
1: very much. that is that is awesome from
0: afterthought media thank you for everything you do for us and then this yeah the little yoda on the sleeve the okay. t the t-shirts say that but they only had like, the t-shirts. I think the, the biggest they went was large. I think. And I was, okay, like, that's yeah, no, happened. that wouldn't work. But, the, but no one needs cool to see the me in a
1: Lucasfilm crop top.
0: But the t-shirt has this big across the t-shirt. Oh no, I thing. like
1: that. I like that And Oh, I you like that? I love the fact that the Yoda's on the The Yoda's on the sleeve. You said? Yeah, it's on the it's on the le- on the right sleeve. Oh, that's so cool! Thank you, thank you. That is really, really. I I really do like that.
0: You're welcome. All right, back Do to I the Do I have show. to get you something now? No. Don't
1: give me anything.
0: <laughs> because I know I'll get some sort of like I don't know what you would get me. And have to throw it away and then we feel badly.
1: Alright. I'll I will overnight ship you a burger with blueberry. No, please <laughs> a don't. Blueberry jam and the brioche.
0: Alright. <laughs> it's elimination day, and good natured Ribby from Coco to Jinx turns nasty when Roxy enters the fray, setting the stage for episodes to come uh i figured you'd have a lot to say that's why i said i'm gonna go
1: pee now because I'm all oh, this bitch is gonna have a lot to say here well okay i only i didn't write a whole lot but a couple of things stood out one it felt clearly like roxy was came for jinx because she was deflecting from mm-hmm. the previous day of being told that she's not funny and then it sounds like she was nervous going mm-hmm. into the presentation which is a very common thing for people to do when they realize mm-hmm. that they're, they try to turn the attention on somebody else yeah. we've seen other queens do this throughout the series we've seen it this season with Alyssa when Alyssa wasn't necessarily feeling at the top of her game she would tend to deflect often towards Coco mm-hmm. which we see that a little bit it sounds like in Untucked yes which yes. we'll talk about
0: but I feel that they're both wrong if, at first I'm on Coco side and Untucked then I'm like well actually they're both shitty yeah they're yeah that,
1: that, same yeah same definitely so but um, I think the thing with this was you're seeing when they're talking about things, they're both kind of in the right, but they're both in the wrong. And the reason why I say that is they if you go back and you watch this disagreement, mm-hmm. they are using something that a uh, communication style that I talk about a lot in treatment with clients, and that is using when you're fighting with somebody, you never start statements with you. Mm-hmm. You start statements with I. You do what we call I statements. So if I was mad at you for something, give me an example of something I'd be mad at you for. Um,
0: talking shit about uh, a person on Pride 48 on the Pride 48 stream. Okay. So... <laughs> I don't know if that will ever happen, but if it no, ever that would, did... That would I th- never ever happen. I would if never, it, happen. If it did, and, I think you would get very upset.
1: And you and I would never have had words about it while no. I was driving to a hair appointment Yeah, so,
0: and okay. I find a feel there were no I statements in that one.
1: <laughs> no, there were I statements like in that Like, I one. quit. <laughs> no, that was never... <laughs> no, I, no, I I never said I quit. I think I threatened to quit if it continued, but that's yeah. either here nor there. Um. In saying that, if I came to you when we were talking about that on the phone Mm -hmm. and said to you, you need to knock that off because it's pissing me off and blah, 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 this sort of stuff versus the way that I said it where I said Mm -hmm. I was so mad when you did and I came from from the place of where I was talking about my feelings versus your – I was talking about my feelings about your actions versus going directly towards your actions – It makes it a little bit more palatable Mm -hmm. and versus the you statement because if I start accusing you of something that you feel as though you may or may not have been justified in doing, your defenses are immediately going to go up. Okay. And whereas if I come to you saying something along the lines of, you know, I feel this way because of this, it's – you're a little bit more receptive to it nine times out of ten and it also, it's a lot harder to argue with my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not Michelle Visage telling me that, you know, no, that's not how you feel. You know, you can't say, you know, you don't feel that way. You No, this is what's going on. Now you mm-hmm. can say, I disagree. I, this is the reason I was doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it feels like with this argument between the two of them, it feels like Jinx starts off making I statements. Well, I feel this. I am going through this. I'm doing this. And Roxy initially is doing the you statements but then Roxy turns it around and goes well I just feel that way girl. There's nothing I can and kind of shuts everything down in that way. So It was mm-hmm. a very interesting dynamic to watch the two of them talk talk this through. I was really talking it was just kind of an argument. It was sort of this it kind of almost ended with a agree to disagree sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I think in this regards now again we sort of learn things later on it felt like Roxy was somehow punching up because she already felt down.
0: Yeah. All right. Very good. I mean, I, I only look at it because I know what happens. This is not like a regular season. I'm like, okay, we're just setting the stage from an editing perspective. I wasn't looking at it the same way you were looking at it. But from what you were saying earlier, to sort of branch off of that, what you were saying reminded me a lot of, I know we all think of Marianne Williamson as a crazy person. Okay. And I, I do, too. But in talking about The Course in Miracles and all that stuff, one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, a common axiom in The Course in Miracles is in my defenselessness, my safety lies. So that when you have a problem with somebody, you basically do I statements. You don't come at them because then that makes them put their defenses up. But if you make yourself vulnerable, it's hard. Not that it's impossible, but it's difficult. People don't like to hurt someone while they're down. So if you if you talk about how vulnerable you are, you could open up a dialogue that leads to a conversation. But anyway, the mm-hmm. the, the, the visual I want to get to, because Marianne has said this a thousand times, it's almost like every time I see her lecture, she says this one point, but I think it's a good point, which is a good example is whenever you see a statue of Jesus, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: always with his arms out from his sides, with the palms out. In other words, showing his vulnerability. You never see one of Jesus with like his fists up ready to confront, it's always, you know, arms out, making himself open. Open to embrace you. Open to embrace you or open open to hurt him, you know? Yeah. And it's it's in that vulnerability. And so that, like, when you uh, uh, approach a conflict, it's better to come from it from that perspective rather than when you're fists up ready to fight. And then you're going to get to more... valuable place once again look mary wilson is a crazy person and i think people should stay in their lane she's good talking about this stuff i don't know if she's good talking about nafta
1: okay say presidential policies exactly uh
0: all right uh the roast of rupaul alaska performed well but roxy followed and seemed to struggle Next, Coco brought the house down with her characterization of a relative of RuPaul. Jinx killed, Ivy died, and Detox dropped some f bombs. But it was Alyssa Edwards who stunk up the whole room with her terrible performance.
1: I thought I had auditioned for RuPaul's next.
0: See, I'm gonna stop right there for a couple of reasons. One, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop several times on this performance because it's two minute, No, it's a minute long. But two. They've added these sound things. Okay, then. I
1: wrote that down. Did they add the mic noises? Yes. Which, <laughs> which is just shady.
0: Yeah. And so the, everyone, I could do this on Audacity, and maybe if I'm feeling ambitious enough, I will do it to, at some point to my voice. Like, like Taylor, maybe there's a chance I'm going to change this so it sounds like Melissa on the thing, but you could know, easily do it with any sort of very simple sound editing software. By the way, there's a chance I didn't do this. Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. But, anyways, continue on. Right. Drag queen of the year. Little did I know I was walking into the largest
1: cross dressing convention of all time. <laughs> 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 but this is about you, Mother Room.
0: Alyssa makes those kinds of jokes a lot about cross dressing and stuff. I feel that was part of the can I get an amen? She finds that very funny that it's men right. dresses as women, which I can understand the joke. It's a very old school drag kind of joke. Uh, any thoughts so far?
1: It's horrible. Yeah.
0: From the cracked out nights in the bathroom
1: or the cracking of your voice at every live performance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was the best bunch of people you could get to come judge. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a gay man? See, that's a weird edit. I'm sure that bombed.
1: Santino Rice? What the hell you know about winning something?
0: <laughs> but you and
1: Coco Montrice do share something in common, okay? And that's not only your foolish wardrobe,
0: but being a runner up, Oh, <laughs> don't See, there's a weird editing there, and I feel there's a lot of weird editing stuff, like, Can I get a gay man? I, I feel the joke that we heard earlier did okay. It could be yeah. nervous, uncomfortable laughter. Get bitter. Just get better. Well, she says a lot, and then they add the, I mean, the the microphone uh, feedback, by the way, which happened at the perfect moment, uh, Mm. and and it has happened before at perfect moments. It sounds so artificial. I thank you, and good night.
1: (laughs) All right, your thoughts on the roast, particularly Alyssa's, but any other roast that you can think of, Taylor? I thought Alaska's was the best. I thought, especially considering that, you know, they and maybe that was sort of that editing of expecting her to fail. Mm -hmm. I honestly but, you know, I know that Coco won. I thought Jinx did better than her and I thought Detox did better than her. I mean, Detox was dropping F-bombs all over the place. Yeah, But that also seemed, I will say this, that seems very genuine to to Detox is. I think Mm -hmm. Detox has no problems just dropping F-bombs left and right. So while there may have been some nervousness there, I feel like hers was probably the most of – she kind of put herself out there versus some of the other queens who felt like they were reading a script. You're looking at me like you disagree. Well,
0: no, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing. It's more like the look you're getting is more like – I'm wondering now if there was – because the look she has is more like a desperation, like I better cut some – like she's editing her jokes or her set on the spot. And yeah. so she doesn't know where to go. So I'm almost wondering if the producers told her in the middle of her set, like, hey, you got to cut some time or or something, because it seems like, why is she not... Pre- everybody else knew how long their set was and where they are going to go, and she she's sort of confused. But it is... They were right in the judges' panel that often you'll see, especially people who aren't new to comedy, they'll start cussing
1: um, just because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I thought that everybody was either an A... A B, there were no C's. There was nobody in the middle for me. I thought Ivy was a D. Yeah. I gave Ivy a D plus, um, which I and, even feel that they 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 edited Ivy in a
0: positive way. I feel it was worse in the way they edited it.
1: Yeah, um, well, but that's they weren't ready to yeah. send her home. Yet, yeah, yeah, because
0: I think you know. they had to, they had to do they had to sweeten it a little bit so you're not like wait why why wasn't she in the bottom two? Right, you know,
1: and Roxy was Roxy was horrible too.
0: Yeah, she's not good at comment. All right, on the main stage, Jeffrey Moran. Oh, can we talk about Jeffrey Moran? I hate this guy. <laughs> is he on season six? I can't remember. Is this the last time we see him?
1: Ah, uh, he might be on season six, but that's definitely we don't see him after that.
0: Billy B and this guy. It's, uh, is that what his name was? Bob Billy B.
1: Billy B. The makeup artist.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Jeffy Moran and Leslie Jordan all joined RuPaul and the other judges as they critiqued the girls. After the judges deliberated, RuPaul brought back her girls and named Coco as the winner of the challenge. Later, she placed Roxy and Alyssa in the bottom two, forcing them into a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Whip My Hair by Willow Smith. Both girls gave it their all with Roxy making RuPaul history as the first queen to remove a wig while revealing another wig. And thereby eliciting a gasp from RuPaul. After the song was finished, and before RuPaul could deliver her decision, Roxy Andrews was here to make it clear. Hi, ladies. (laughs) Sorry. Are you okay? Okay, I'm going to stop right here for a second. We're going to talk about Untucked in a bit. But when we do, I want you to know that... In Untucked, Roxy reveals what we later see on the main stage. Right. I am almost feeling, remember in the old time movies when there would be like a a decision coming guilty and all the reporters would run out and go to the phones? Yeah. I feel that was the producers running to the main stage to tell RuPaul that this just happened. And so that RuPaul is prepared for it.
1: Okay, I I hadn't necessarily thought of it that I way. Almost I almost wonder
0: involved. if it would have been Ivy versus Alyssa.
1: Oh, if it had been Ivy versus Alyssa. well, I th- But I almost think that they knew if it was going to be Ivy versus Alyssa, Ivy would have got sent home. Alyssa at this point is known for being a dancer, is known for being bombastic, and Ivy's known for being nice. Ivy's not necessarily known for turning it out. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like in that regard, they had to go with the two of them for this. I was more concerned when watching this about watching the bottom half of Rue's dress get tighter as she was getting a bigger erection. Oh my god. The- yeah. She looks so excited to talk about this.
0: Yeah. You know what? You just you're just giving me an idea. Okay, wait, hold on for a second. Yeah, because Ru, we
1: as we know, Rue Paul
0: loves this shit. She there's nothing she loves more than um than people like admitting things. Uh, on yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, here we go.
1: The Blair St. Clair mm-hmm. From her mm-hmm. season. Right, we're we're going to yeah.
0: play this now right here. Here we go.
1: So many emotions.
0: <laughs> What's going on? I mean, nothing. Go ahead. No, tell me about it. It just hit me. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> not feeling wanted and not being good enough. <laughs> I just feel like my mom never wanted me. and. <gasps> My mother left my sister and myself at a bus stop when I was three. And I remember it like it was yesterday, and, and like I come off as this strong character. I try to stay so strong, but I'm so weak. In oh, yeah. <laughs> this is RuPaul's <this> eternal <laughs> dialogue. Oh, yeah. Keep going. It just hurts that I was left. Nobody cared. <laughs> we love you and you are so welcome here you know we as gay people we get to choose our family you know we get to choose the people that we're around you know what I'm saying I am your family now what's your name (laughs) we are a family here
1: meanwhile Michelle looks very uncomfortable I love you I love you. Okay. Okay. But the thing about that Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. when she says, you know, we as gay people get to choose our family, that has nothing to do with the scenario that she's talking about. Let me see if I can
0: interpret it here. I think what she's saying is fuck your mom. You don't need her. You have a family here.
1: Right. But then it goes to a place of where it goes from. Where
0: her voice is cracking and then she's like, I'm your fan. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. awful. It just, it makes me mad. It makes me the worst fake acting I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Here we go.
1: All right. I've made my decision. What you two did on this runway is the
0: passion (laughs) I am looking for. Oh my God. Sean, you both stay. Oh, my God. I'm your mommy. You always be my baby. All right. After the song was finished. Oh, I did do that already. Uh, Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? We'll talk about Untucked in a second, but any final thoughts on the episode?
1: Do you think yeah. that when Roxy was having her meltdown, mm-hmm. Alyssa was thinking to herself, oh, shit, I'm going home? I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's the type of shit, as we've talked about, that RuPaul lives for. She lives for it. And Alyssa – because, honestly, as everybody talks about this as, you know, a double Chante, that was the reason there was a double Chante. This is a horrible lip sync.
0: Oh, well, no, but also they did Alyssa a double sachet. Is... With Honey. Yeah, they did a double sachet with Honey and um, Vivian Panay. Well, they did they, – they sent them home.
1: Yeah, they both. Yeah, so she had to do a double Shantae to make up the number. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so they didn't run out of. Okay. But I mean, as far as it wasn't necessarily because anybody really wowed it. I mean, if anything, Alyssa. I don't get the whole, I, I don't get Alyssa's dance style while well, everybody thinks Alyssa's, Alyssa just kind of flops around like a fish out of water. I agree. I, I agree with you. I've never, I've at one I'm... point where she's kind of doing this thing where she's got her hand up and she's laying down and she's, she's not even like whipping her hair. She's just kind of shaking her head. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is she looks like she's having convulsions and Roxy just kind of stomping with flip, flipping her hair. It just, it was not, not good. So I think that Roxy kind of saved both of their asses with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noticed that now it feels like we we know going in now when they start playing the organ music, like the, oh, you know yeah. the pipe organ music, that it's going to be a double chanté, mm-hmm. or someone's coming is, back to
0: the competition,
1: yeah, or something something like that. It's going, yeah. th- that's now the big dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. So, there's, there's that's all my that's all the notes I have on this. Episode. Okay, so let's great talk episode, about, great episode, fanta- epic episode, iconic episode,
0: one of the best ever. Let's talk about this untucked. All right, So, uh, I mean, we're running out of time. I yeah, have I was going to gonna I say, have a, you have I, to go in a couple I minutes, have to so. go in a few minutes. But what we, we, and we covered a lot of what we wanted to cover on Untucked. But in the Untucked, uh, let's talk first. Alyssa and Coco sort of have it out. Coco is pissed off because uh, we find out that Alyssa and Coco had made a sort of handshake agreement not to bring up the pageant stuff. So Coco abided by that, but then Alyssa made a joke about Santino and Coco being both runners-up. Uh right. what
1: do you think of that, Taylor? I think I think in that regards, if we're not going to talk about pageants, and Alyssa brought it up, Alyssa was in the wrong. Yeah, but it seemed like the girls were siding with Alyssa. It was sort of weird. Well, something happened at the something happened at the end of the conversation where Alyssa started to say something, and they show like an untuck exclusive. Yeah. Where she starts to make a comment at Alyssa Edwards and then stops it. And Alyssa Chose to just keep going with hers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where that was. The part of that that I think is so great about this back and forth. Is And I find it interesting that they didn't incorporate this into the larger narrative of the show, Mm -hmm. was Roxy's statement of, I just wish at this point one of the two of you would go home. Well,
0: this is an episode I was thinking, this is kind of why Untucked, as they've done with All Stars and Drag
1: Race UK, needs to be in the context of the show. I've said that forever. And you, you and Daniel and I had a conversation about this. And you both shot it down. And now I am seeing that vindication. Thank you. I'm sorry. That had nothing to do with what you were saying, but I just wanted to state it. Go back to the old episodes. I brought this up.
0: What did you say again? What was it? Start the beginning of what you said earlier.
1: You and Daniel. Oh, what did you say? Say
0: say say that again.
1: You and Daniel. I I made a you statement. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll 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 return my master's degree on the way out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll put it in the shredder. No. So, well that that was well that wasn't an accusatory that was just a I'm making that is a fact mm-hmm. that I agree that I think at this point if we're going to watch 2 hours of a program mm-hmm. at this point the way they do the 90 minutes plus the half an hour of for drag race and all mm-hmm. it should just be folded in. I think that worked really well with Drag Race UK. You know, plus it also kind of boils it down to the main, it's not that whole, you know, go and look at the pink box and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. But I think also you've got where this scene, this particular almost like intervention of the other queens saying to Alyssa and Coco, We're gonna start calling you on this because we're all sick of it, and it makes it uncomfortable for the rest of us and we're done, mm-hmm. should have been part of the larger show. It should have been because it kind of puts a cap on the end of that, whereas this really kind of, I mean, at this point of it, kind of ends with Alyssa kind of getting in the last word because Alyssa decides to make the snarky comment when she's standing up on the dais.
0: Yeah, but then, but then that's why I said they're both. At first, I was on Coco's side, but then we later learn Coco. Because okay, then, then Alyssa goes, "I never said you were runner up." For, I was not. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the pageant? And you're like, "Oh, bitch, come on, right?" Yeah. But the same thing. Coco does the same thing where she makes a joke about Alyssa. And Alyssa calls her, which actually was a fine joke to make, you know, and then Coco's like, I never said that. And you're like, you said that. Just own it. And you're still on the right Right. if you just own it. I don't know what the joke was. What was the joke? I think she started to say a joke and Alyssa cut her off. I don't remember what the joke was. Anyway, um, and then next we go into the gold bar. And in the gold bar, we see uh, photos of them when they were babies. And everyone think, like, uh-uh. And then Jinx talks, starts uh, extemporaneously uh going on and on about um her relationship with her mom and how she you know has an alcoholic mother and she left the house and she feels this guilt because she left her brother there. And then that starts a conversation about Roxy. That's when we that's when everybody learns about being left at the bus stop.
1: And which, talks about it in a very not matter-of-fact way, but this is something that happened to me. And and you, you can know, it's in context of what they're talking about. It's yes, not like it's totally context. And it's, you know, it, this also doesn't feel you know, I the one thing that stays with me about that is I re, you know, she gives she gives more detail. She talks about I remember the colors of the buses, yeah. I remember all mm-hmm. the different things, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which at three mm-hmm. kind of speaks to the trauma that she went through. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a I mean, obviously that's a traumatic experience nobody would you wouldn't want anybody to go through that but it still it's it's just it's interesting to hear that and then recognize that within the course of maybe an hour later by the time they got set up Mm -hmm. she was then performing for her life Mm -hmm. while she still had all of these thoughts and all of these images running through her head Mm -hmm. it makes sense that she had a breakdown on the stage
0: Mm mm-hmm uh yeah, so, and, so it, yeah, so it makes it gives the context of what we see later. It's super important. I think it needs to be folded into the regular show. Next, then they split the girls up for a reason. That maybe I didn't pay attention, but for a reason I don't understand, they split the girls up.
1: They they and, didn't give a reason. Just yeah. after the commercial, half of them were in one room, half of yeah. them
0: were in the other room. And uh, they split the girls up, and then what you see is uh. Roxy has a conversation with Alyssa and Coco, pretty much, and Coco joins in. I don't know if Alyssa really joins in that much. She kind of does, but she sort of mostly stays out of it. Pretty much just about how Roxy's getting sick of Jinx's shit, that Jinx pretends to sort of be like this underdog when everybody knows she's a front runner, could easily win the competition. She's just sort of sick of hearing Jinx pretend like she doesn't understand why she like that where that she's that she feels like no one likes her yeah and did this give you because i know taylor you've said that you don't like
1: that Roxy sounds like a bully did this give you any more insight or anything or i guess it does to some degree i still think that later on it gets harder to not see roxy as a bully mm-hmm. um but i because i feel like it is sort of you know roxy has talked about the fact that she wanted it so bad and she wasn't feeling like she was starting to see it Slip mm-hmm. from her fingers. The idea of becoming the, becoming the the winner of the season, mm-hmm. and she was seeing Jinx starting to do better and better. So she was feeling very threatened, and that's why she was doing that. Yeah. Um, you know whether or not Jinx was kind of getting that edit of, you know, you, the way we described it earlier in this episode was similar to the way that other queens from season six talked about DeLa mm-hmm. and how DeLa was one way when the cameras were on and in a completely different way when the cameras were off. Yeah. So both Seattle you know, queens, by the way. Yeah, but both yeah, – that, that's a really good point, both Seattle Queen. So I don't know it, – it, it definitely kind of paints a picture. Mm-hmm. I also am seeing the show six years out having done this show with you and talking about editing and talking about narratives and talking about storylines. Back when this was on, I was just watching it. I want to say this was a season I watched with my friends – um, my best friend's daughter, who was mm-hmm. like eleven or twelve, and it's easy to get kind of talking, like you know, seeing it through her eyes versus seeing it through my eyes, mm-hmm. and and talking about things in that way. So it's easy to it's easy to get swayed by the narrative, swayed by the edit. Yeah, you know, oh, no, no, and no. you yeah. definitely see it where Jinx does Jinx plays into that whole. Well, I'm just a little girl drag queen who's just yeah. trying to do her best, mm-hmm. and it's easy to want to root for her, especially when you've got somebody like Roxy who is it looks like she's punching down when in actuality she's punching up. Yeah. Completely
0: agree. I could go on and on about this, but I actually do have to go out to get to a meeting. Um, But uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race season five. So for Taylor, the latte boy and myself sachet
1: away until next week.
0: Wait, hold on for a second. Thank you for listening. Jeffrey Thunderbear was also a part of this. He needs everybody to know this. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Media. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-P-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham Katie Whitmire April Pacheco Dean UK Melissa Payton Nikki Baker Devin McKay The State of Bree Robert NYC Rachel J AJ Norris Richard C Common Cool Humble Pie J. Thomas Plank Luke Stamen. Sermet Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J. Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Jordan Darling, Haley Sklands and her mom, Sandy Romero's Ruiz, and Eve A. Adams. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.